ओम ज्ञान निबंधस्य corporations and educational institutions rather than of god so that when there's a festival they they have to go on serving their bosses but in more enlightened cultures when there's a festival everything stops for that it's not adjusted around the economic system it's in modern society is back to front inside out upside down in case you hadn't noticed <laughs> Anyway, we're celebrating it today, and we should celebrate every day. Actually, life is meant for celebration. Yeah, in San Diego they do that, but they don't know what to celebrate, and so they end up vomiting on the street after drinking too much. That's not celebrating. Real life is meant for being happy, and Radha and Krishna come to show us what is real happiness. real happiness is beyond the happiness of the senses of the material senses but real happiness is happiness on the level of the topmost love so who is radha you may ask usually people they first will ask well who is krishna well when we understand that that's a big job to understand who is krishna krishna himself says in bhagavad gita that after many lifetimes of trying to find out someone might find out who i am when they do that they surrender to me because after all he is the supreme personality of godhead or in the rather insufficient english word god or misused word uh so we are supposed to submit ourselves to him Here is Krishna, and next to him is Radha. Who is Radha? Okay, now we briefly, very briefly, without going through many lifetimes, but we very briefly understood who is Krishna. He's God. He's the supreme controller, supreme, beautiful, supreme, kind, supreme everything. And who is Radha? Radha is God's girlfriend. <laughs> Jai. Yes. <laughs> That's the correct response. Jai means very good. Bravo. So I may think, well, how can God have a girlfriend because God is all good? And good people don't have girlfriends. Oh, sorry. We're supposed to We're supposed to lead a moral life and be married. Well, Krishna's also married. In fact, he has 16,108 wives. You like to marry Krishna also? Then you'll have 16. Don't want to marry Krishna. You want to be servant of Radha maybe. Yeah. Okay, that's better. All right. Well, 16,108 wives and more here and there also. 
And you may think, well, that's a lot of wives. It's enough trouble for me to try and handle one. <laughs> but Krishna, he can do everything. That's the meaning of being God. And for him, if we think that's a lot, it's not that many. I mean, God can take any number of wives. But he also has his girlfriend, which is often misunderstood. Some people may think it's fairy stories. Some people may think that this is immoral. Uh, how can you worship such an immoral person? But actually, the worship of Krishna, Radha and Krishna, as we see here. We see here, you can see, here is Krishna, here is Radha. To our eyes made of meat and some black substance inside. I remember at school we had to cut up fish and see the black substance inside their eyes. So according to our fleshy eyes, these may appear to be statues. But actually, here are Radha and Krishna directly in front of us. And unless we are iconoclastic, which means the type of people who like to smash deities, which we are not, you are not, you are inclined to Krishna, otherwise you wouldn't be here, right? So even with our present eyes, we're not fully spiritualized, but we can see that Radha and Krishna are very beautiful, is it not? They're very, very beautiful. And the devotees dress Radha and Krishna very beautifully. And Radha and Krishna give them intelligence how to do that, how to dress them very beautifully. And real spiritual life, beyond all imaginations and fascinations and apparent meditations, means simply to appreciate the beauty of Radha and Krishna and to serve them. And the more we do that, the more we can appreciate how beautiful our Radha and Krishna. So I request you to please come here regularly because life is meant for celebration. And actually we, I say we, I've been here just a week, but I feel I'm part of the family here, the spiritual family. We uh, celebrate every day by singing and dancing and playing musical instruments for Radha and Krishna and decorating them with beautiful clothes and beautiful ornaments. And in this way, by engaging in these spiritually joyful activities, we come to appreciate more and more how beautiful and how spiritually joyful are Radha and Krishna. So some people may criticize this, but this is not simply sentimentalism, and although at face value it may appear to be so, it is not at all immoral. In fact, anyone who thinks that Krishna is immoral, they are immoral. Krishna is the center. There is a vast theology to back this up, and it's not this theology is not something that someone dreamed up. But this 
is uh, eternal knowledge of Radha and Krishna. Because Radha and Krishna are eternal. We are also eternal. But because we have forgotten Radha and Krishna, we are looking for our own girlfriends or boyfriends. Instead of wanting to serve Radha and Krishna, we try to imitate Radha and Krishna. This is a whole of material life. Now this is uh, backed by a great theology which is ex- revealed to us by Krishna himself in Bhagavad Gita and in Srimad Bhagavatam which describes the position of Krishna. The, the 18,000 verses of Srimad Bhagavatam which are the summation of all Vedic knowledge they describe Krishna as the source of everything, the maintainer of everything. All that is destroyed is destroyed through his agencies. He knows everything directly. He's directly and indirectly conscious of everything. It's he who gives knowledge at the time of creation. Uh, it's very difficult to understand him, even for greatly uh, spiritually advanced persons, even they are bewildered by his illusory energy. So in this way there are very uh, elaborate descriptions of Krishna but in the Srimad Bhagavatam which is recognized as the topmost literature for understanding Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Radha is not mentioned. But those who understand the import of Srimad Bhagavatam, they can understand that Radha is the only subject of Srimad Bhagavatam. This subject is highly esoteric. We don't usually discuss this topic because it's so much uh, liable to be misconstrued. I'm talking a little bit on this subject. Even though it's beyond our imagination. Because we're celebrating this festival today, and it's presumed that everyone here has at least some initial faith or, or tendency to accept these topics. But it is a, a very esoteric topic. But at the same time, this is the subject to be understood. What subject is there to be understood than that of he who is the supreme controller, the supreme beautiful, the supreme kind, the supreme loving. But that, and that supreme beauty, controlling love, everything is consummate in his relationship with Radha. So this is actually the subject. This is actually the only thing that we should ever discuss. Spiritual life doesn't mean to become silent but spiritual life means to be so uh, enthusiastic, so full of love that we wish to discuss this, speak, speak about this always. But that love, it's not as is sometimes conceived of as some kind of cosmic or undirected, vague love. But Krishna, the reservoir of all pleasure, he is the object of love. And we worship Radha together with Krishna because she is the supreme 
lover of Krishna and Krishna loves her. He loves everyone. Krishna loves everyone, but he loves her more than everyone. There are unlimited living beings. Even in this one universe, there are unlimited living beings. Even within our own body, there are every cell is a living being. There is a soul in every cell in our bodies. How many? Unlimited. In this one universe, in Vedic understanding, from Vedic understanding, we know there are many, many universes in the material world, and they're all full of living beings. And there's the spiritual world, which is much bigger than the material world. So there, there are no numbers that can describe how many living beings they are. But all the different, all the different living beings have the same basic propensity, which is to love. And that love is supposed to be centered on Krishna. When it's not centered on Krishna, then it gets all messed up. And we, that's the story of the whole material world. The people, they want to love, but they don't know how to love. And so they get we get mixed up in... Friendship becomes mixed with enmity. Love becomes mixed with hate. The desire to do good through lack of knowledge of how to causes harm to others. But actually everyone is meant to love. And that love, when it is properly directed, is directed toward Krishna. And when we love Krishna, then we can properly love everyone. So every living being loves Krishna. That is our constitute that is what makes us a living being that that is all our desires emotions aspirations it's all meant for love and that love when it's properly directed it's toward krishna and when it's not properly directed then we're in a mess so that love is to be directed toward krishna everyone loves krishna but the love of radha for krishna is like a huge, huge mountain. And the love of all living beings, unlimited living beings put together, is like a little grain. So we can hardly imagine what is the love of Radha for Krishna. Therefore we don't discuss very much, publicly at least. It's a highly esoteric subject and it appears to be something like the boyfriend-girlfriend relationship in the material world, but this material world is understood to be a perverted reflection of the spiritual world. So the boyfriend-girlfriend affairs in this world, although they appear to give some pleasure, uh, ultimately they end in frustration. But in the spiritual world, it is ananda chinmaya rasa, just the, the emotional taste of ever-increasing spiritual bliss that is beyond description. Nevertheless, there is an attempt to describe it. So, the affairs of Radha and Krishna, actually there are many uh, beautiful narrations of the games that Radha and Krishna and all the inhabitants of Vrindavan, which is the transcendental spiritual land of Radha and Krishna's loving affairs, there are many, many narrations of their loving pastimes. But to become qualified to to really enter into that, we have to go beyond the desire to have our own loving relationships with ourselves in the center. So 
pure theism or the highest platform of spiritual love is to recognize Radha Krishna. We are known as worshippers of Krishna, but actually we are worshippers of Radha and Krishna because we cannot properly worship Krishna without worshipping Radha. Because her love for Krishna is so much that we can properly channel our service or our love to Krishna through her. And she is very kind and compassionate. She is the uh, tender, feminine counterpart of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So if we approach her and offer that I am unworthy, I'm very small, but I'd like to serve Krishna. So she's very happy because she simply wants, she only wants Krishna's happiness. Therefore, when we approach Radha and ask that you please accept me to serve Krishna, then Krishna will very easily accept us. And Krishna, although he is the supreme controller of everything, he's the center of everything, he feels Radha to be more important than himself. Therefore, if we worship or approach Radha, we can very easily approach Krishna. So the worship of Krishna is perfect and complete when we recognize that Krishna himself, who is perfect and complete, is only perfect and complete because of Radha. <laughs> He himself feels himself imperfect and incomplete without Ratha. So this is uh, the real answer to all mundane philosophies, including those of feminism, which is very prominent in the modern world, the, or the, the tension between the genders and who will be on top. But actually, the, the real answer is that male and female in this material world should both be underneath and Radha and Krishna on top. This is proper feminism or the best feminism or that which will actually satisfy us is to understand that the, the supreme truth is complete within both the male and the female aspect and although the male aspect is appears to be Supreme and is worshipped as supreme. And we could say we can philosophically understand him as supreme. But the subtle, uh, feminine potency, who is fully spiritual, that means beyond the likes and dislikes and the, the tensions and fears of this material world, she actually controls Krishna by love, by her subtle uh, love for him. And therefore, our existence is complete by worship of the Supreme Truth in both the feminine and the masculine aspects together. That is Radha Krishna. But today, we are especially, every day, we worship Radha and Krishna together. But today, this festival is especially for remembering Radha. But remembering Radha means to remember Krishna. And if we properly remember Krishna, then we have to remember Radha. And we can worship them both properly by 
in their deity form, offering them fruit, flower, very simple. They're supreme, but they're not snobbish. <laughs> if we offer them with love, fruit, flowers, simple things, which can be got anywhere, they're very happy, they're very pleased. If we offer it with love. So to worship them is very simple, and the, uh, the way that everyone can worship them is by chanting their names. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare means O Radha. One name of Radha is Hara. Radha's name should come first. Because uh, Krishna is to be approached through Radha. So Hare Krishna. We are praying, O Krishna, O energy of Krishna, Please engage me in your service. This is the perfect way to worship Radha and Krishna, which everyone can do, even if they're not a great scholar, even if the, even uh, if we don't have facility to worship the deity, anyone at any stage, however fallen we may be, we can chant these names, and because Radha and Krishna are very merciful, they will accept us. One great devotee of Radha and Krishna has uh, prayed that uh, we may ask, well, what is the result of chanting the name of Krishna? So this is answered. Krishna nama gane bhai radhika charanapan. By chanting the name of Krishna, by singing the name of Krishna, we attain to the lotus feet of radhika. Radhika is another name for Radha, a very intimate name. It literally means little Radha. So it's an affectionate name. Generally the devotees of Radha say Radhika. It's a very affectionate form of saying. And Krishna Nama, Radha Nama Gane Krishna Chandra. And by chanting the name of Radha, we attain Krishna Chandra. Another name for Krishna, Krishna Chandra. Chandra means the moon. So Krishna is beautiful like the moon. It's an analogy. Krishna is much more beautiful than the moon. But because the moon is beautiful, he's compared to the moon. The beauty of the moon comes from Krishna. But what can we do? Language is incomplete and imperfect, but we try to utilize it to explain that which is unexplainable, the beauty of Radha and Krishna. So by chanting this Hare Krishna mantra, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, we attain the service of Radha and Krishna. If we chant, the nature of these, this spiritual chanting, it's not a material chanting, it's a spiritual chanting. The nature of chanting the names of Krishna or any great personalities, we sing the name Jai Prabhupada, then Krishna, his presence actually, actually enters within us. We, we feel his presence. So by chanting the names of Radha and Krishna, we become spiritualized, we feel their presence, and particularly as we chant attentively and with feeling and in a prayerful mood, if we just chant Hare Krishna, even that, with just inattentively or whimsically, still there's benefit. But if we chant with feeling that please, Radha, engage me in the service of Krishna, please Krishna, engage me in the service of Radha, then they actually enter into our into our being 
and spiritualize us so that gradually we have no other thought than to serve Radha and Krishna. And that is the perfection of life. That's all. Very, very simple. Hare Krishna. So if anyone has any question or comment or would like to learn how to serve Radha and Krishna more, you may please ask about that. Yeah. Should we offer prayers to Radha first? Well, prayers can be offered to many persons, but ultimately all prayer goes to, is directed toward Radha and Krishna. There is a system. We, we start, actually prayers, we start with prayers to the Vaishnav, to the Gurus, like this, and then to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There's a progression. We have to, there's a chain we have to go through. But this chain, it's not like in, a, in a passing electricity through copper, then gradually, as it goes over some distance, the current will be lost. But when we pray to Vaishnavas, to Gurus, to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and gradually go up, actually the current becomes stronger, because in spiritual practice, it's the opposite to the material. So we, they, they give us more and more blessings so that we can actually approach so that we can pray like this. Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yathaf Parikamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamstra. Maybe you know this prayer that begins with offering prayers to the devotees, to the gurus, and then gradually to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Then Shri Radha Krishna Padam. the lotus feet of Radha and Krishna and to all their associates. Yeah. Yes. You were asked yeah, how can we increase our service? Well, they can ask you. No. <laughs> you are you are the uh, the title Srila Prabhupada gave temple president. No, you're not the GBC. Sorry. <laughs> Whatever it is, and despite your protestations. You are here as a representative of Radha and Krishna. So I'm saying they can ask you. That's what I said. Please come. Radha and Krishna who eternally dance in the spiritual world. You can see there's a, a photograph from the spiritual world. You ever heard of a photograph from the spiritual world? There's one right here. What's, what's God doing? What is God doing? Is he sitting on a cloud cursing everyone? No, he's dancing very happily with Radha. So here's the photo of the window into the spiritual world. He's come here to San Diego, which is not the spiritual world, to make it into the spiritual world. But you please come here and serve Radha and Krishna in their dancing. And not only dancing, Radha is cooking for Krishna and then... Uh, Krishna's friends, they give him food, they sometimes steal his food also. There are many things to do in serving Krishna. Stealing Krishna's food, that you have to become more advanced because that's only for intimate friends. And that's not for now. But this temple is meant Radha and Krishna have come to present that here we are. We love you. We want you to reciprocate that love by coming and offering something. So please come regularly. As I said, we have a festival every day here. Every morning, 
We are up early, dancing and singing, or cooking for Krishna, offering for all the cooking for Krishna. That's all done by Radharani. She's the cook. She cooks. She dances for Krishna. She cooks for everything for Krishna. She's expert. So if someone is expertly cooking for Krishna, we know that they've got the mercy of Radha. That's what they always say. In Bengal, at least. If someone is cooking nicely for Krishna, they understand this is Radha's mercy because she's cooking for Krishna. And in Vaikuntha, Lakshmi is cooking for Krishna. So that's the standard. In the temples in South India, when they're cooking, they're saying, there's this Lakshmi's department. So so many uh, so many ways we can serve Krishna. Come here sometimes, sing for Krishna, chant the names of Krishna, read about Krishna in Bhagavad Gita, that's one way to serve him. There are so many ways. But if you want to know, then you may take some guidance also in a systematic way how to serve Krishna. Love is, sometimes we think, well, it's just a feeling, but there, there is a systematic ways to be trained into how to serve Krishna. It's love, but it's not just whimsical. There, there are certain things. Love means to serve someone. That's the center of love. It doesn't mean, in this world we think love means to enjoy someone. Oh, I enjoy being with you. But love means to serve someone. To serve means to know what they like. So to serve Radha and Krishna means to know what they like. And uh, to act in that way. Now I'm going to ask something from the Hindi speaking people here. In the Indian shops, do they have Arbi? Arbi, Arbi. Ah, that's Radha Rani's favorite vegetable. So you can offer this. You can bring this to the temple. You didn't know that, maybe. In Bengali, it's called Kochu. I don't know what it's called in English. I don't think it is in English. I don't think it, they don't have a name in English. But anyway, that's something you can do. The, the Lokajit knows how to do it. Yeah, who is that? Wants to, yes, please. Oh, you want to ask him? What's his estimation? There are many great personalities. He mentioned three. So who are those three in your estimation? Everyone's curious. All right, keeping us all in suspense here. Yes, please. Pastimes. Yeah, I didn't say any. I said there are many. Srila Prabhupada was quite cautious about this. Quite cautious. He didn't tell many pastimes. Hardly. He presented them in his books and he wanted that the books of the Goswamis, who, which are uh, full with many pastimes of Radha and Krishna, that they be translated. But at the same time, he was quite cautious about discussing this. 
Anyway, there are so many. What is the position of Ratha? Yeah, when we say the girlfriend of Krishna, then we may think, well, there's something wrong. Something wrong that sounds wrong. And especially when it's understood that superficially Radharani is married to someone else other than Krishna. Of course, that in itself is a disputed point, even among great devotees, but superficially she is married to someone else. So there was, uh, Radha appears to be unchaste, and this is much of Radha and Krishna's pastimes, they they center around this. This is the, actually that's why it's, it's difficult to discuss this, because it is, highly esoteric and difficult to... It, it's very easily misunderstood. But the the, the Leela or the uh, the love games or the, or the loving affairs of Radha and Krishna, they center around this point that superficially Radha is married to another man and then she's she's always trying to get out of the... Uh, clutches or the cautious control of her relative so she can come to Krishna. They suspect, but they never, by Krishna's yoga maya potency or that which arranges his pastimes, Radha is never actually caught, although it's often a close shave. Or if she is caught, even if they are caught, but it seems that by the yoga maya or covering potency, it's not revealed. So, uh, rather, there's suspicion that she's unchaste. So, one pastime was enacted that uh, Krishna apparently one day was sick. Krishna's never sick, <laughs> but it appears. Then, Many of these persons, you have to see, it's all arranged by Krishna's potency so that it appears to us. So Krishna appeared to be sick and uh, Mother Yashoda, Krishna's mother, asked, then how one, one doctor who is actually Krishna in another form, who arranged this to show the position of Radha, he told the Ashoda that the only way that Krishna can be cured is if he drinks water. You have to bring water from the Yamuna river in a porous pot because in the days before turning on the faucet, it's called in this country, and the water comes out, people would go to the river or the well and bring a clay pot. And that's still going on in many parts of India today. So clay pot is, every clay pot is to some extent or other porous, but some are too much. So that even when you it's first used, by the time you dunk it in the river and bring it to your house, drip, 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 and it's empty. So you're, it becomes useless. It's a useless pot. 
So, uh, the doctor said that Krishna can only be cured by water that is brought from the Yamuna in a porous pot, and the only person who can do that is a fully chaste woman. So, Yashoda went to uh, the, the home of Radharani, where her mother-in-law and sister-in-law live, and because they are known as being very chaste. They're very upright and they, they're very protective of Radha. They don't want her to give a bad name to the family. So uh, they were asked, so you please, you please, my son is very sick. He need, needs to drink water from, it's brought from the Yamuna in a porous pot. It's brought a porous pot. And uh, it requires a chaste woman to do that. So they said, well... How is that possible? If a pot's porous, then the water won't stay in it. You see, you bring the water, drip, 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 drip. It just seeps through the clay and there's nothing left. So anyway, Kutila tried and it didn't work. And then Jotila tried, that's the mother-in-law and sister-in-law, and that was, it also didn't work. And the doctor said, the only one who can do it is Radha. And then how Radha? How Radha? How can she be chased? We, we know that she's uh, attracted to Krishna, which isn't proper. So uh, Radha went to the river and remembered Krishna and prayed to Krishna that please Krishna help me because if I if I can't do this then it'll appear that I'm unchaste. So. Krishna himself entered that pot and made it such that the same pot which no one could bring water in, only Radha could bring that. Which proves that actually that it's only a show that Radha is unchaste. Actually she's the only chaste person. And someone who thinks they're very moral, that I have my wife, if we think it's my wife to be enjoyed by me, that is immoral. Because Everyone is meant for the enjoyment of Krishna. So Radha brought the water and Krishna was cured. <laughs> yes, so anything else? We'll all be cured by Radha. By remembering her attitude of selfless love for Krishna, we will be cured from the disease of thinking that we have anything else to do than to serve Krishna. So I think we'll finish here. <laughs>